Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. There is a fundamental reason why the Nationals traded Juan Soto. The Philadelphia Phillies look poised for the playoffs after a busy deadline day, and the Toronto Blue Jays missed the mark. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was the worst-kept secret in baseball. Juan Soto was going to be traded, and traded he was on deadline day to the San Diego Padres, along with Josh Bell for Luke Voigt and a handful of young players, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, who's a left-handed pitcher, outfielder Robert Hassel, and James Woods, and right-hander Yarlan Susana. Joining me now from Locked On Nationals, Josh Neighbors. And, and Josh, I have asked everyone who will listen to me why the Nationals would acquiesce in this way and trade a generational hitter like Juan Soto. I'm not going to ask you the why. At this point, we know the why. But why was this the right move, the right trade, in particular this package, for the Nats. Well, I'll tell you what, Peter, the team is so bad that it would actually <laughs> not make sense to re-sign Juan Soto. Think about it that way. The I, I was going through it today. Like, what do they need? They need actually every single position, maybe except catcher. And so when you think about baseball, like we asked this question a lot about Mike Trout. Should, should the Angels have traded Mike Trout? And maybe the answer was yes. I mean, we're seeing it now, right? The joke, the running joke is, Otani and Trout both did something incredible and the Angels just lost three to two to the Orioles, right? That's kind of been the running joke that's been happening. And that's kind of the thing here with the Nationals. Like Josh Bell had an awesome season and Juan Soto actually is having a pretty good year, but it doesn't matter because their pitching is so miserable. Their defense is miserable. They're they're uh, second worst in the NL or the worst in the NL in terms of home runs. They're off the, the, wor- the worst run differential in the league. I mean, Everything is wrong with this team. And so they need more than one soda to fix it. And I don't think they like their chances to get him. That relationship was beginning to become fractured. We all know Scott Boris is a bit of a prickly figure. And he has a penchant for taking his uh, his clients to free agency. And I don't think the Nationals like their chances with the way things were going, even with an ownership group change. So I think they knew now is the time. Maximize return. That's kind of what they did here. I'm glad you added, added the L-Y in prickly there. Uh, in terms of what, what this package was coming in, um, you have half a dozen players who are coming in to the Nationals. Is there a name or two that stick out as you're going, okay, th- this is this is the guy or the group of guys that in two years will say, okay, this was why this trade was made? So Mackenzie Gore is the one that sticks out because he was mentioned in a lot of trades before. Um, when we talked last year about the Nationals, you know, it was almost it felt like it was almost a done deal that the Nationals would be trading Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Padres. Mackenzie Gore was the first name that came up, and he is a guy that, as a left-handed pitcher, number three pick overall in the 2017 draft, people have been really excited about. Coming off an injury right now, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about him. The one guy I got a lot of feedback on when this happens when this happened was James Wood. This is a big, and I mean big outfielder, 6'7", 6'8", is what he's listed at, and everybody mentions Aaron Judge when they hear his name. And I had one person today tell me that a scout uh, shared with them, they wouldn't be surprised if this guy's the number one or number two prospect in baseball 
in a little bit or, or, you know, kind of a guy that plays up to that billing because of the physical tools that he has. So, you know, kind of different into the spectrum. Uh, Gore's not even listed as a prospect anymore because he's had some major league experience. And then Woods kind of towards the back end of the top 100 in terms of the haul that they were getting. But he's the guy with maybe the highest upside. So they're a little, little bit of a, each end of the spectrum for you. And the two guys are excited for a left-handed pitcher and an outfielder. Stay up to date on the Washington Nationals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Nationals podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Phillies made all the right moves on deadline day. If you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you are depriving yourselves of truly one of life's great joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, the delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puff with that light and chewy texture of the puff, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, covered in hundred percent real chocolate with the protein, 15 grams, the low in calories, 160 calories, high fiber. This is the real deal. Run. Don't walk to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just keep them for yourselves. At built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL is stripping the Miami Dolphins of its 2023 first-round pick for violations of league policies relating to the integrity of the game. The findings of the report, along with the disciplinary actions, were announced Tuesday just a day after Deshaun Watson's punishment was made public. Following a six-month investigation, the league found the Dolphins, primarily team owner Stephen Ross and vice chairman Bruce Beal, violated the anti-tampering policy on three occasions from 2019 to 2022 in conversations with quarterback Tom Brady and the agent for then New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton. The NFL, however, found no evidence that the team intentionally lost games during the 2019 season. Remember, all of this stems from Brian Flores in his lawsuit against the league. He had previously told team and league officials about his concern with Stephen Ross telling him to lose games, as well as a plot that seemed like a James Bond villain plot that included Tom Brady potentially trying to force his way to Miami by becoming a league executive. It seemed all too crazy. It seemed all too conspiratorial. And yet the NFL found this happened. Russell Wilson has already lost a target. An MRI on the right knee of Denver Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick has revealed a season-ending torn ACL. Patrick caught a pass during team drills Tuesday, and as he turned to run upfield, his leg buckled, and he grabbed his knee and fell to the ground. Patrick led the team in touchdown receptions last season and was slated to be one of the team's top receivers in the rotation with new quarterback Russell Wilson. He was helped onto a cart and taken to the locker room. He had just signed a three-year, $30 million deal last fall. This will be the third consecutive season the Broncos have lost one of their top receivers to injury. Cortland Sutton suffered a torn ACL in week two of the 2020 season, and KJ Hamler suffered a torn ACL as well as a hip injury in week three last season. Some golfers just aren't swayed by zeros. In the case of Tiger Woods, it helps to have a couple of them in the bank. 
He turned down an offer between $700 and $800 million to join the Live Golf Invitational Series. Live Golf CEO Greg Norman confirmed in an interview that aired Monday night. Norman said Live Golf approached Woods, of course, the 15-time major champion, before he was named the New Circuit CEO and Commissioner. Woods has been among the most outspoken supporters of the PGA Tour during its ongoing battle with Live Golf for the best players in the world. At last month's Open Championship in St. Andrews, Woods said he supported the RNA's decision not to invite Norman, a two-time winner of the event, to the 150th celebration of the Open. And the Baltimore Orioles continued to sell, sending their closer to Minnesota. Well, the Orioles have continued to show so far that they're not going to be sellers and buyers at this deadline, but just sellers for the time being. Trading Jorge Lopez to the Minnesota Twins for four pitching prospects, one of them Cade Povich, uh, who was a pretty well-regarded guy, top 10 guy in the Twins system. Another reliever in Cano, who has been in the big leagues this year but struggled with command. And then two pitchers out of the Dominican Summer League. And, you know, on the Twins side, obviously they get a reliever that can help their bullpen. On the Orioles side, I get trading Jorge Lopez. I mean, yes, it'd be nice to have him because he still has two and a half years of control, but relievers are volatile. Lopez has not been good before this year. And all teams will overpay for relievers. So maybe you try to trade him. I get it. But the Orioles continue to subtract from a team that's in a playoff hunt, two and a half games out. And all they've done is subtract from it. And here's the big issue. They are not getting talent that's you know ready to help them right now or in 2023 in return in these trades like they should. The Orioles seem to be close to ready to compete. Instead, they're getting prospects who aren't going to help them till 2024, 25, or maybe beyond. That does not vibe with the timeline that the 2022 Orioles have set. Here is another story you need to know. The trade deadline was insane for Major League Baseball yesterday. One team that really improved its standing, the Philadelphia Phillies. Locked on Phillies host Connor Thomas joined Locked On's Kainani Stevens and is bullish on the moves the Phils made. My initial reaction is you've got a guy that could take over the center field spot, which has been an issue for the Phillies for years now. Uh, you haven't had an everyday center fielder that you trust at the major league level. And Brandon Marsh is only 24. He's pre-arbitration. And you've got him under team control until 2028, which is always a huge point of emphasis for Dave Dombrowski when he tries to bring in players. So like that. And then you bring in David Robertson, who had been here in the past, but injuries kept him off the field the majority of his time in Philadelphia, the first go round. And then he goes to the Cubs and at 37, all of a sudden he's one of the best relievers in baseball and bring him back in. So uh, excited what that does for the bullpen, excited to have a center fielder who will be the everyday center fielder for this team the rest of the way. And uh, it's just two nice supplemental moves that should help this team get over the hump and make the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. Speaking of Robertson, is this is this good enough to shore up the bullpen for you guys? Is another move need to be made, or you feel like this kind of gets them where they need to be? Yeah, this takes care of everything on the bullpen end. And they were actually a really good bullpen. They've been one of the best in baseball over the past month and a half, really since about mid-June. They've been incredible. And the only guy that has been giving them trouble has been Juris Familia, who is DFA'd to make room for Robertson to come in. So when you replace the only trouble guy with a guy with, you see the stats right there, a 2-2-3 ERA in over 40 innings this year, and a guy that also has been there before, a 37-year-old veteran who's been around the block and seen everything there is to see at the major league level, this makes the back end even better than it already was for the Phillies. And with a strong starting rotation already, 
yeah, when you hand the ball over in the sixth or seventh inning, you feel even better than you did a day ago about the Phillies' chances. Can never have enough arms, especially come playoff time. So that's good to see for them there. In terms of Marsh, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. They need a center fielder. They need some yeah. stability there. So does this do that for them? And also, what does he bring to them offensively? Yeah, so offensively is the question. Now, he hit over 250 last year. So that shows, and it was like in 230 at-bats. It's a better look than what he's given so far this year uh, for the Angels out there because he hasn't looked like a major league hitter to this point. But again, only 24 and a mm -hmm. guy that gives you plus defense, which is really the thing the Phillies needed. You already have a lineup in Philadelphia with big bats. Kyle Schwarber, one of the top home run hitters, a bunch of guys that are coming around like Nick Castellanos. And JT Ramuto, Alec Bohm. So the offense is less of a focus point, more having a guy that you could trust to go out there and play a plus center field defensively and cover for some trouble spots in the corner outfield spots. Uh, that is what Brandon Marsh brings, at least now. And the fact that he's only 24 shows that, well, he could still project into a major league bat over the course of his time with the team. So uh, it's upside with the bat and already plus defensive ability that makes him a great fit center for the Phillies. In your estimation, as at this present moment before, you know, they still have a little bit of time left today. Is this a playoff team? Is this a team that as can make a serious run here come postseason time? Yeah, I think it's absolutely a playoff team. And funny enough, got to thank the San Diego Padres for helping <laughs> them uh, with that. Because if Juan Soto goes to the St. Louis Cardinals, where the yep. Phillies are currently duking it out with for the third wild card spot in the National League. Well, that road gets tougher. The Cardinals haven't really done too much besides adding Jose Quintana. So when you look at the uh, combination of moves, I think the Phillies have had the better deadline. That puts them in a better position to be a playoff team. And with an easy schedule, yeah, I like them to get in for the first time in a long time. The Phillies also added Noah Syndergaard to their rotation shortly before the deadline came and went. Stay up to date on the Philadelphia Phillies by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Phillies on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, why the Toronto Blue Jays missed the mark at the deadline. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Wednesday's slate of Major League Baseball games has a couple to pay attention to. A marquee pitching matchup with the Yankees facing off against the Mariners, Garrett Cole versus Luis Castillo. Bet Online likes the Yankees to win minus 174. The Baltimore Orioles and Texas Rangers are wrapping up a series in Arlington. Bet Online has the Rangers minus 141 on the money line. And the depleted Washington Nationals are big underdogs at home to the New York Mets. Bet Online has the Nationals' odds to win it, plus 209. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Toronto Blue Jays are hanging on by a thread in the AL playoff race and needed some reinforcements on deadline day. Matt Bonaparte, Locked On Blue Jays co-host, joined Locked On's Kainani Stevens to talk about how the moves the Blue Jays made were not the moves they needed. First reaction was veteran bats are never bad. Um, and then my immediate second reaction was unless they're Whit Merrifield. Uh, <laughs> this guy, they traded him just like two years too late. I mean, he was a really good bat in like 2019, 2020, in the, in the Mickey Mouse year, he was fine. Um, but, I mean, last year he was decent even, but this year, I mean, he's just been abysmal. A 240 average, he doesn't even have a 300 on base percentage. Not a lot to get excited about. 
It feels like the Jays just kind of said, all right, we got to do something, get somebody. And then they got Whit Merrifield. And it would have been okay if they gave up nothing to get him. Like, that would have been fine. And, I, and that's the kind of the, the mindset I had before I knew what they gave to get him. And then I looked a little bit deeper and find out they gave away Max Castillo and Samad Taylor. I mean, come on, dude. 15 or the 16th overall Jays prospect in Samad Taylor, who's seen some really high baseball uh, he was in AAA when he left, so this guy's a real player. I mean, he was going to come up rather soon. And then a guy in Castillo who's made decent contributions started two games this year for Toronto. So, and he's really good. He's got an under one whip in the majors, and in AA and AAA, he was absolutely dealing. These are two really tough pieces to lose for the Jays' farm system. I think this is a, an A-plus trade for the Royals and an F-minus trade for the Blue Jays. And the front office for Toronto, I mean, you really can't run from the criticism now because yeah. all season long, the fans, even I heard on Twitter or read on Twitter, there were players who were saying that they were upset that the Jays hadn't been making moves while teams like the mm -hmm. rival Yankees had been. And they had all the right in the world to be upset about that because the Blue Jays have one of the most talented rosters in baseball and aren't playing the kind of caliber of baseball that they need to be in order to win a World Series. And that's because they're maybe one or two pieces away, one or two pieces that they should have gotten at this deadline and did not. Obviously, playing devil's advocate in your position, there were names floating out there. Who would you have rather seen kind of come across late here instead of what you actually got? Well, on the pitching side, go out and get a guy like Carlos Rodon. I mean, why not? The dude, uh, he was on the block. They they were looking for trades. At the end of the day, they wanted to keep him in San Francisco. That's one thing, fine. But I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't in the room, but you had to have at least made a, an effort. And then Syndergaard goes to the Phillies. You whiffed on that one. Syndergaard's better than nothing. I don't think he would have been the fix to everything, but it's better than nothing. He's a real pitcher who's pitched in huge situations. The guy's pitched in a World Series. Go out and get him, and the Phillies go out and get him. Uh, on the offensive end, Ian Happ. Why couldn't you get Ian Happ? I mean, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ were the two biggest names besides Juan Soto that were uh, on everybody's radar going into the trade mm -hmm. deadline. Neither of them moved, so maybe it was a Cubs thing, but you got to try and go get a guy like that. I mean, they had to get somebody, and you kind of have to think, all right, Whit Merrifield's better than nothing, but – who are they going to replace in the lineup? I mean, what is that going to look like? Are they going to take out Santiago Espinal at second base and put him there? Are they going to put Witt in center field because Springer's hurt? Is that your Springer replacement? If so, you botched. You botched horribly. Stay up to date on the Toronto Blue Jays by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Blue Jays podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, the most iconic voice in the history of baseball, has passed away. Vin Scully died on Tuesday. He was 94. He had two distinctions that will never be broken. He was the youngest person to broadcast a World Series game at the age of 25 back in 1953. And he is the longest tenured broadcaster with one team at 67 years. A native of the Bronx, Scully was the broadcaster for 25 World Series, 20 no-hitters, and 12 All-Star games He's the broadcaster who your favorite broadcaster idolized. He will be missed. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Thursday, what does the Major League Baseball playoff race look like two months out? 
So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.